Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Face of the Business. I am your host, Damon Pastalka, and I am excited for our guest today because we have David Alto from Alto Advance with us today, and he's going to be talking about getting a better job quicker. David, thanks for being here today, man. Oh, no, I I, uh, I appreciate it. You know, it's nice seeing you on LinkedIn and nice coming on the show here today. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we were talking a little bit beforehand. I still remember we've been connected for a few years now, and I remembered when when we did connect. It was back in 2020 during that time when everybody was was kind of restricted a little bit. Sure. And uh, uh, I remember seeing, hey, there's this guy in the Tri Cities of Washington, which which I think is a is a wonderful place uh, some of the year, and uh, and uh, it's it's an interesting place to live for sure. So, uh, and what you do is, is really cool. You're helping people find new opportunities, work on their LinkedIn profile. And, and now you're actually helping companies without placement services as well. I, I see. So look forward to talking about this a little more. Oh yeah. Anything, anything and everything. I'll, I'll share it all. Good. Good. Well, Let's start with your background, David, because I think it's it's pretty interesting to hear how people got into what they're doing today. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit. Yeah, sure. So uh, we don't have to go back too far. Uh, back in 2019, uh, I was a multi-unit manager, and I've been a I was a multi-unit manager for for about nine years, uh, overseeing mm-hmm. lots of retail stores, traveling throughout the state, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, um, and it was the beginning of 2019. I was afraid that our company was going to sell or start aggressively franchising. And I'm like, okay, uh, not again. Am I going to be found, you know, without a, without a plan, without a, maybe a job. So I really got on LinkedIn yet again. I've had an account since 2012, like everybody else had an account forever, did nothing with it. Right. So got on LinkedIn, started looking around at some different jobs. Didn't really see anything I liked, but um, I just started started posting and I posted like tips, just just advice regarding resumes because I've always been writing resumes on the side for a long time. But uh, being a multi-unit manager, you know, managing and training and developing sales teams. So mm-hmm. I just started providing little tips and advice on LinkedIn and people started following me. And then, you know, it was on my birthday on January 24th, uh, 2019. It was my 50th birthday. So, and I shared my first video that I ever did on LinkedIn and it wasn't a, what a lot of people would think. I shared just advice and tips. I was happy I turned 50 because a lot of people didn't know that when you turn 50 here in the United States, you can actually contribute more to your 401k. A lot of people don't know that. 
So, uh, so I just shared that and some people, you know, they like that. They didn't know that, uh, you know, and then throughout the year, I just started again, providing tips and advice. Uh, I had a, some amazing phone calls with some people on LinkedIn that just said, Hey, let's chat, whether it's zoom or phone call. And they were interested in what I was doing and they could see that I was on LinkedIn providing tips and advice, but I didn't do that for, I didn't write resumes really for a living, right? I didn't know their LinkedIn. And well, I was giving away all this for free on LinkedIn, all of it for free. And then somebody in August said, Dave, I got to pay you. I landed an amazing job. I got to pay you for that resume. And I'm like, okay. So that was the first client that I took money from. And then I thought, well, I guess if it's good enough, I'll just just do it on the side, right? Just do it mm-hmm. on the side a little bit. And then, boy, you know, September, October, and I'm like, I'm getting busy, but yet I'm working 50 to 60 hours a week in my day yeah. job. Uh, so I'm doing this at night in the mornings and on the weekends. And I think I told, I told my wife, I think if I left my day job, I might be able to make a living out of this, might. And she saw how busy I was getting. So I gave my boss a two-month notice because I'm nice. Uh, and then uh, December of 2019, I left my day job to do what I'm doing full-time. But step back in my previous career, I did an awful lot of interviews. I mean, an awful lot of interviews. Uh, I was hands-on with my managers. Uh, anytime somebody, they onboarded a new employee, I was there the very first day. I wanted to make sure that went well. But interviews, second interviews, I was doing it all. And I provided, maybe we didn't hire this person, and I, but I would say, hey, on your resume, just let you know the next job you apply for. Uh, please change this. Mm-hmm. So you're helping them as, as you weren't hired them. Right. You know, and, and, yeah. you know, That's yeah. good. and, but I wanted them to present better at the next one. So um, all of that allowed me, you know, I was not looking, I was kind of looking for a job on LinkedIn when I, and I had one in 2019, but I wasn't looking to start my own business. It just kind of fell into my lap. I, really good at uh, what I do at training and developing, you know, people. And I thought, you know, well, I can combine that with writing resumes, learning about LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I really, every time I learned something new about LinkedIn on LinkedIn, I shared it in a post like the next day. And, you know, I was posting then maybe a couple times a week, went to once a day and now, you know, two, three times a day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what do you think that your retail experience and all that leading and and interviewing and helping people really taught you about resumes? Sure. So that's easy. Okay. Because since I've had to review a lot of resumes, nobody is ever going to read your entire resume. I hate to tell you that. You know, you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in writing that resume, right? Or you pay somebody to do it. You would hope they read it all. They don't. 10, 20, 30 seconds, they're glancing at it. So what did that teach me? Well, after looking at thousands of resumes, you know, my career before I started doing what I'm doing today, you know, I know my eyes go into certain places, right? And certain resumes allow me like to look at different things, right? If like, if everything's a bullet point, well, what's important? So save those 
people save those bullet points for those amazing metrics, accomplishments, and achievements. Um, I know that um, I'm not going to read probably an entire cover letter, but if I glance at the cover letter, it could influence where I spend my time on the resume. Ah. So by being that person that's reviewed a lot of resumes and then and then interviewing these people, um, I know what to create in a resume to get that same attention. And, you know, for me, everybody's resume is different because everybody's experience is different, right? Everybody's. Um, and I own that resume, man. If you, if you do business with me, I tell you what, that's like my baby, you know, how do I position that person? But how do I position them for multiple different jobs that they might be applying for? So I, I, I think if I, so I ask my clients uh, to send me the links of various jobs they could see themselves applying for because that allows me to identify missing hard and soft skills, transferable skills. So if I didn't do that, I'd still provide a good product, but not knowing what they're going to be applying for and just assuming it's what they're, you know, they've been doing for a long time um, really doesn't do it justice because your resume should speak to what you've done before in the past, what you're doing today and what you might be able to do in the future. What you've done before, what you're doing today and what you might be able to do. Well, yeah, because I know for me, when I did a lot of hiring, you know, I didn't hire for that, just that one position, right? Can, can I potentially see that person doing the next role someday? Maybe, you know, mm -hmm. just, just someday. And if your resume can kind of share that, well then, if you know if i'm a if i'm a if i'm a hiring manager and i'm or and a, or a recruiter or hr and i'm looking at that resume i'm going you know potentially i'm going to interview this person because not only do i see them being successful in this role but maybe in that next role as well and let's face it companies want to want to promote internally they don't want to mm -hmm. always hire just off the street right because mm -hmm. uh, lot of additional training and whatnot we want to provide people with a path to you know uh, further develop themselves in in the company that we're with so all of that really allows me to look at resumes a lot different and i've been a struggling job seeker um and a lot of people come to me and go okay dave i've been applying for like eight months and i just get those rejection emails right and you know what i remember and i don't if you don't know this about me so on my honeymoon in 2012, I lost my job. So, wow. so, it, it, so I'll, I'll briefly share it. So, yeah, the day after a wedding, I got had a destination wedding in the Bahamas. Uh, my boss calls me, leaves me a message. I return the call the day after my wedding, and I thought he was going to congratulate me, right? And he didn't even know what island, what resort I was on. He found out through some of my peers. Um, calls me and had to tell me that the company had eliminated what two divisional vice presidents, 20 regional directors and 70 district managers. And I was a district manager at the time. Um, and so I had to walk down to the beach uh, where my wife was uh, my bride of one day and tell her, Hey, I lost my job. Uh, but good news Ooh. is, is four and a half years later, the same guy called me back and asked me to come back. But anyway, um, so I've been a job seeker and 
if your resume doesn't align with the the jobs that you're going to be applying for, you might you might be more unqualified, but not get those results. So having somebody in your corner, you should open up your wallet a little bit for a lot of different services. Resumes should be one of them because you're too close to the subject matter, regardless of who you hire. Um, you're, yeah. you're too close to the subject matter to know what to include or what not to include. And there's tricks and little nuances, uh, you know, that as resume writers kind of know to help you get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for sure. And it is something that has it's changed so much too. Oh yes. The, oh, it happens. The, I mean, go ahead. The, the, the requirements of, of just trying to get selected out of, you know, thousands of people. Yes. What do you, so first of all, when you're going through these resumes, what are you seeing that people put too much of or not enough of? Sure. So there's still that school of thought that your resume has to be one page. And if you've been working for 10 or 15 years, I just ask everybody, can you get what you've done in your career in 10 or 15 years on one page? The answer is no. So guess what? Make it two. The average page length is two anyway. Uh, nobody's going to read it regardless of one page, two page, three pages or whatever, but you have to have, you have to be able to tell your story and have some of those hard, you know, you know, hard and soft skills to match to the, you know, job description and whatnot. But uh, long gone are the days of that one page resume. Um, you do not need to include references or, or, you know, or even say references available upon request. Um, you don't want to write in first person. You don't want to write I on your resume. Uh, resumes are kind of boring. You know, the cover letter can be geared more towards, you know, uh, sharing a story. Um, and then those colorful one page resumes with graphs and graphics. Well, if you move all the graphs and graphics, it really says nothing about what you've done in, in your, in, in your career in the job. So, um, although those look pretty, those don't get a lot of, uh, a lot of attention or, uh, usually ever get seen. Well, and those, those actually I've heard before that the, the fancy, which lack of a better word with all the sure. graphics and things and different fonts, they give the, the scanners trouble reading the OCRs to read the text, to actually turn it into something that the, the HR people and the internal people can actually use. Hundred, hundred, hundred 100%, 100%, because, and even I'll go a step further. I tell my clients, always use a Word doc when you apply online. Now, if you're emailing your resume, PDF looks better. Email, yeah. Um, but Word doc um, generally has a, a easier time, you know, the data being scrubbed off of it because if a PDF is more like a picture almost. Um, now, some people say, oh my gosh, if I send them a Word doc, they could change it. Well, if they change it for the better, then that's good, I guess. But I mean, I can, I can convert anything to anything. If you have a PDF, yeah, yeah. I can convert it to Word. If, if, so yeah. that, that goes out the window. So don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, graphs, graphics, they add no value. So if you're thinking, you know, is that little graphic or whatever you're adding providing any value? And the answer is no. Or I see, you know, 
I have five, uh, four stars out of five stars on this skill. Well, you don't need the stars. You just need to write the skills. You don't need any of that. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. Lots of things to consider in this. And like you said, I think this is this is is gone well past a, a do-it-yourself um, task in a, in a lot of regards. So let's talk a little bit about something that I think you do a little bit differently, and that is your your LinkedIn presence, because you're you're helping people with LinkedIn profiles, how that looks, and and really what. What really got you to tie those two together? Sure, because, well, I, I take from my previous experience, you know, um, if, and my wife does this when she interviews um, uh, a few people every month for the company that she works for, is, you know, somebody has your resume, they're going to go to your LinkedIn profile to see if they can learn more about you. And regardless of why you're on LinkedIn, if you're a job seeker, maybe you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, you know, your LinkedIn profile, you can add so much more to your profile than most people realize you can. It can be almost like your own website. Maybe you, you're starting your own business. You can't afford a fancy website. Well, your LinkedIn profile can almost be like your website. Um, people are going to show up there and the average hiring manager recruiter is going to spend well more than 10 or 20 seconds uh, that they would on your resume. They're going to spend that way more than that on your LinkedIn profile, just because all of the extra things you can add, you can add a, you know, 10 second audio of yourself. Your banner should be able to tell people a little bit about what you do. Uh, you know, your about section, the featured section that, you know, that, you know, a lot of people don't, the average person doesn't add anything there. They don't know it exists or don't know what to add. Uh, so again, how you show up, I mean, you know, if they get to see a friendly, you know, smile when they, when they, yeah. you know, because the resume is not going to have a photo of you or at least shouldn't, uh, you know, so again, all of that matters as they're, you know, uh, looking to potentially interview you or, or hire you. If you have a decent LinkedIn profile, you're going to be doing way better than the rest of the people that they're looking for on, you know, um, prior to you know, scheduling those interviews. So, and how you show up on social media, even if you do B2B or B2C on LinkedIn, how you show up, you're a better representation for the company, your department, um, different clients and vendors are looking at your profile. Maybe your portfolio manager or account manager, you have plenty of accounts. I mean, how you show up uh, better represents you, your departments, your organization, and the services that you provide. Um, I know if I was hiring somebody, I'm, you know, well, you and I are old enough to know, maybe go to the old yellow pages, right? Go to, yeah. <laughs> that, that don't exist anymore, basically. But LinkedIn is, you know, anytime I need a service, um, I go to LinkedIn now. I don't even Google mm -hmm. it. I, I try to see if there's somebody local. Uh, if somebody says, Dave, do you know somebody that does this? I'm like, oh, yeah, let me just look. Uh, and LinkedIn is a, what, 900, last time I checked yesterday, 960 million, um, users on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great reason too, because you think about now and they're going to ask some questions about this, but as we look at being a, say 30 years ago or a young person coming out of college, right. You know, building that profile early. Oh, yes. And putting a little bit of work into it over time 
that thing is going to be able to really show a lot over the decades when and if somebody really wanted to get to know who you are and what you've done you could put quite a uh, a quite a piece together oh 100 i i think bare bone minimum would be if you're in college you got to have a decent linkedin profile although you know i taught a a, a course uh for a local uh high school here um i did it pro bono it was just fun to do uh, and I was quite surprised when, you know, these students uh, were like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And they, and, and we went through the networking piece uh, that maybe we'll share today. Um, and, and I'm like, your LinkedIn, if you have a better LinkedIn profile and you're gaining followers and connections now, you know, I know you want to be on YouTube and shoot that YouTube video or TikTok and, or whatever. I know you do. And I want you to do that too. I do. But LinkedIn, um, as you grow and progress in your career is going to be the place where they see you. So I don't, I don't care what kind of presence you have on, you know, TikTok or whatever, having a, uh, a LinkedIn profile when you're high school or college for sure, uh, is a must. It, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it really is the, I mean, it is kind of like your living resume. Almost. Oh, oh, heavens. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like I said, you know, the resume, you know, you got to apply, but there's so many different ways to get noticed on LinkedIn. Um, even just optimizing your headline, you can show up better in better recruiter searches. Uh, and then there's little things that you can do on LinkedIn to potentially get a referral before applying for jobs and, uh, mm -hmm. uh just so many different ways to leverage, uh, the power of LinkedIn. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that, um, so back, one other question I had before we get into more about LinkedIn and, and more about, we talked about networking just briefly there. Sure. So do you see in your clients coming that the actual people are changing jobs more frequently, or is that just kind of, we've, we did that a long time ago and we're just kind of holding or do you think it actually is changing a lot more? No, oh, I tell you what, we've really seen. Um, I mean, the average job seeker, you know, spent, stays at a job three years. Three years. Mm -hmm. Now, that's for lots of different reasons. Um, maybe employee leaves for whatever reason. Um, maybe company downsizes or whatever, you know, because companies are eliminating people or, you know, you know more yeah. than ever. Um, so no, the average is like three or four years. And that is why, you know, I get a lot of, uh, you know, I get a lot of people maybe in their fifties and sixties or even early seventies that are still, still, still want to work, uh, uh, you know, and they say, well, I'm worried about ageism. And I said, well, time out. Um, you don't have to worry about it as much anymore. And here's why companies need people that can like hit the ground running, right? Well, that's not that college graduate. Because companies don't need to hire somebody and then go, okay, we're going to invest in them because they're going to be here for 20 or 30 years. So yeah. if the average employee is only sticking around for three or four years, wouldn't you rather hire somebody that can hit the ground running today? And the answer yeah. is yes. So uh, we're seeing, uh, it's just the mindset that people, uh, we're seeing college graduates really struggle in landing jobs because Hey, they've been told by their parents or someone that, Hey, you're going to, you're going to come out and get a $150,000 job. Now that may be the case depending on industry. Or yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Could be. It could be depending. It could be. Yeah, yeah. But more than likely not. And the problem is they've been told that 
right? So they're only applying for, well, here, I always tell my job, my, the, my clients is, listen, if you really don't align with that job, well, guess what? There are going to be plenty of people that are applying that have done that job before, done it successfully, and done it for a long time. So yeah. if you know only very little about them, or uh, maybe you just graduated college and that you don't you, know, you haven't had any living working really experience. Um, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. So maybe that entry position. Uh, I know for me back in the day, you know, I oh, I took yeah. whatever job. I I didn't care what it you know what it paid back in the day. Uh, yeah. I was willing to put in the time and effort. Um, we don't see that quite as much anymore for some of these uh, college graduates. Not all of them, not all of them, but, uh, yeah. but some of them, uh, you know, want that salary immediately uh, without maybe, maybe they hadn't even worked period anywhere. Yeah. I mean, geez, at least work somewhere, but you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you answered a couple questions there because I was actually going to ask about ageism and that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Because, you know, it's kind of the unsung discrimination factor that nobody wants to talk about because everybody does it. Okay. And, okay. and I just, the, you know, the, the fact that you bring up this point about, you know, they want people that hit the ground running, maybe that that's something that's going to help people that are in there, you know, and it, I don't know if it, uh, you know, used to be you hit 40 and it started to started to happen. You hit oh, sure. 45 and 50 and it's, it's significant. And, and after that, it's even tougher, but um, that was always something that, that I see in the, in the workforce and you catch yourself too. When you look at resumes, you catch yourself thinking about it, you know, and all the things that people talk about, it's like, Hey, if you've got, God forbid you had still had an AOL, you know, or something, do they even have email accounts like that anymore? You know, but, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. I see it. I go, please change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But those, those kind of things can help you out because that, you know, on the other hand, I think that you make a great point about, about an older worker that comes in, as long as you can make the case why you are the best candidate. And that may, may include, you have to show that you're, you know, more adept at technology or whatever it is that you need to do you can hit the ground running where others can't. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nope, yeah. Yeah. AOL. I came across that the other day. I don't ever oh, know. And, and I do encourage clients to listen, you know, just get just for applying and applying only get a, you know, Gmail, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't get that AOL uh, dust off that. Uh, don't dust off that AOL account. Time to get a new one. I can't believe it's still it's still there, but uh. I know, I know. It's it's yeah. Some of the stuff just doesn't die. <laughs> so, you know, you you look at looking at your profile on LinkedIn. You've helped about three hundred people in the last seven months find new opportunities. You got four hundred and eighty recommend recommendations from business executives, you know, and and others that you've helped. What are some of the things that you enjoy the most about what you do? Uh, you know, that's that's easy. You know, it, for me, it's remembering being a struggling, you know, job seeker and not getting, you know, applying for jobs yeah. I'm more than qualified and getting a rejection email. Like, how, how am I getting a rejection? Shouldn't I get at least a call? Right? Don't you know how amazing I I, I am? Right? Um, well, 
until you know what they're going to do to, you know, compare your resume to the job, you know, to the job description, uh, whether or not uh, somebody in, you know, HR recruiter keys in some keywords or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I learned uh, somebody on LinkedIn shared this with me and I was looking for a job. This was in 2019. And I reached out to somebody on LinkedIn before I applied for a job here locally in the Tri-Cities. And I reached out to a few people. I messaged them and asked them if I'd be a good fit. And they, they ended up saying, well, hey, let's just meet for coffee. Right. This is prior to COVID. We could meet back then. Yeah. Uh, so we met for coffee and he's like, I don't think you'd be a good fit for this position, but I know another one's coming up. And sure enough, I got an interview. I got an interview. I went all the way to the end. Now I didn't get the job. It was a little bummer, but I learned something about being on LinkedIn. Look, I went to LinkedIn. I searched for people in the same or similar position that I was going to apply for. You know, now I didn't expect to meet with them in person. You know, I could have yeah. you know, made a phone call or, or just chatted, uh, you know, via DM and LinkedIn. But I learned that even I didn't even apply for that job yet. And I had somebody in my corner because let's face it, you know, referral bonuses. He would have gotten about, I think, $1,200 if I would have gotten hired. Oh, there you so go. There, you know, the, but again, most people don't leverage LinkedIn like the world's largest free database, 960 million people. Most people don't leverage it that way. And building your network on LinkedIn, just like in real life, you know, it's not about, it's not about always you being able to help somebody, but what if somebody, you know, knows somebody, right. Or you're chatting, uh, you're chatting with somebody and, oh man, I, I wish I knew somebody at that job. And like, my uncle works there. Let me introduce you. Well, don't worry about your personal life because that's pretty small. 960 million people on LinkedIn. You can do some searching really quick. In fact, mm -hmm. I have a free resource I'm willing to give anybody and everybody. They just have to message me. Um, but I teach my clients how to leverage LinkedIn and how to, you know, every time you're connecting to somebody, their connections become your second degree connections and, uh, and, that is where the magic happens because again, it's not always who you know that can help you, but you know somebody that knows somebody. Know somebody that knows somebody. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I and that's that is really and and I I have the the I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with companies that have you know tens of employees, usually and sometimes hundreds. And and uh the thing that I'm often surprised about is that the HR managers are not really as active as they could be on LinkedIn to really recruit, right? And, and I'm, I'm like, this is, this is your, you know, you're sitting here paying recruiters for people, but if you really leverage this in the same amount of time that you're putting job ads on Indeed and you're doing all these other things, you could find people in your network. If you had a decent sized network, you could probably in your industry, you could find all the people you ever wanted by your second degree connections. 100%. And that is why companies need to make sure that their department managers, their HR teams have an amazing LinkedIn profile and actually know how to use it. Most yeah. recruiters, I'm going to say most, most, 
And if you, and so if, if I'm, I'm not calling out everybody, but most recruiters do a terrible job <laughs> of showing up on LinkedIn or, you know, they don't even know about the audio. They don't even know their profile yeah. should be the best. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have a lot of tools at their resource, but they don't get, they don't, they don't get taught that. And a lot of companies are afraid. Oh my God, Dave, if we teach, if I teach my department heads how to leverage LinkedIn better and have a better profile, that means they're going to find another job and leave. No, again, they're going to show up better for your clients and your vendors and, you know, future clients. And yes, HR, if they spent just a little bit more time, and when I say HR, you know, maybe, maybe recruiters, uh, maybe just mostly recruiters, but find those recruiters at your organization that, that love to be on, you know, LinkedIn or, or, and, and give them the better understanding of what to look for, how to, how to really better search. And some do a great job, but what I find it's those internal recruiters, maybe those third party mm -hmm. recruiting companies do a good, better job. Yeah. Um, but you know, they need to, they need to have a better profile. They need to show up better. Um, and that's, but that's why I teach my clients how to don't target recruiters in HR. It's target those people in the same or similar positions. They know transferable skills better. And again, what if it, there's something in it financially in it for them, you know, yes. as far as a referral. Yeah, that's true. That, and that is something just, a, well, not just about many companies have referral bonuses oh, anymore. Yeah or internal employees. So it does, it's, you can actually help that person that you may know, or one of your friends know, make a little money and you get the right opportunity. And that is something that people, they, if you're listening here, he just dropped something there that you really need to consider because that company could likely have a referral bonus. And, and by asking your friend to introduce you to their friend, you could be helping them do a favor for their friend by getting that, getting that referral bonus. Oh, hundred percent. So, that's cool. So what this, I've heard a lot about this and I want to see what you get for feedback. What are some of the negative feedback things that you hear from people who are applying for jobs about hiring managers and the process and some of the things that, that you see people hiring or companies hiring that they could do better? Sure. Um, taking too long, right? I applied today. Um, maybe so maybe I applied today, let's say three weeks later, I got an interview, um, you know, not following up. Right. You know, they, yeah. and listen, um, I know recruiters are busy. Everybody's busy, but darn it. Listen, if I'm interviewing Stephanie today and I say, Steph, I'm going to recruiter, Stephanie, I'm going to follow up with you in, in the next two weeks, because our manager is actually on vacation next week. So I'm going to follow up with you in two weeks. Okay. So I'm just going to drop you an email and just let you know where that, where you are in this process. Cause maybe we're putting her forward, right? Well, then that's easy. I either get on my phone or my outlook or whatever calendar system. And I put a note in there immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're all busy, but we all have these. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, back in my previous career, my managers would jokingly say, please, somebody steal Dave's phone because Dave follows up with everything. Uh, not a micromanager uh, because micromanager, I think some people just think that when your boss follows up with you, that they're a micromanager. And that's not the case. A job, you know, we got to follow up, right? Yeah. But 
you know, put it in there that you're going to follow up with that person, right? And you know what I don't see with a lot of recruiters in HR, and this is baffles me. So back in the day when I did a lot of hiring, if there was two great candidates and I could only hire one, I put that person in my calendar to check up with them like every three or four, six months, right? Because what if I had another opportunity, but that, and that person was like spot on they were, yeah. but I just couldn't, well, put something in there, keep their resume in there, in your file. You know, some people say, oh my gosh, you can't do, just do it anyway. I mean, uh, and then, uh, so really not getting back to people, but companies take so long. Yeah to make decisions. And let's, let's not have somebody have to go through five interviews. I understand an initial interview by a recruiter. I understand initial interview by a hiring manager, maybe one more, maybe, maybe, or just do a, you know, you know, a panel interview. Right. But the process does not have to take very long. Just the right people need to be involved. And um, I know companies don't want to ever give out feedback on somebody's resume or why they didn't get hired. I didn't care. I did it. I did. I would reach out to somebody and say, listen, we hired somebody with more experience. Here's what I would suggest. Yeah. Or again, I would always give feedback on their resume, whether they wanted it or not. Uh, and you know, so again, uh, that's the, that's the big things is not hearing back the process taking too long. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call out a company for a minute. Oracle. Sometimes we'll tell people, Hey, we interviewed you today. We love you. Uh, just to let you know, we'll be, we'll be back in touch in six months. Nobody, they're not going to stick around for six months unless they're currently employed and yeah. know, can wait. Right. But a lot of people aren't currently employed. I say, the, the whole process does not have to take very long. Uh, you got to look yourself in the mirror. And how come management doesn't realize? How come leadership doesn't realize Good that point. it is taking as long as it is it as it does? They got to know, right? Make something mm -hmm. happen. Put your foot down. You know, people, good people are not going to wait around for a very long time, you're losing great people because of the length of time that you're taking to do that. So shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I'm glad we talked about that for, for a moment because it really is important for companies to understand, you know, what, what the other side, it, it feels like, right. I mean, it's, yeah. I know you're busy and everything, but there, there are people. And like you said, that, that would be very disappointing if you got that, call and said you're perfect and we we're gonna reach out in six months it's like i i you know i could be in the street in six months you know well, and i it, mean why post it why post it today yeah. <laughs> i mean it, it makes it makes no sense so yeah don't. yeah that's that's great so when you talk about linkedin mm -hmm. and you talk about so people you you got plenty of free resources on your website I, I and on your profile you share lots of stuff I want to say hey go check that out on on David's website if you had and people are listening do that and then coming back to that what are some of the things that just like the top one or two things that you think if I'm a job seeker on LinkedIn I need to be doing on LinkedIn sure i it's 
Well, it's definitely making sure, obviously, you've have it, you know, um, everything filled out that you've moved the content from your resume into each of the jobs, making sure that headline really, really shares, you know, what you do and maybe why you do it. Um, but again, the biggest one is you see that job that's perfect before applying, search for people on LinkedIn doing the same or similar at that job, maybe even if they live in the same city or state, because they might be more apt to reply to you if they do. You know this. LinkedIn is a very giving community. If you message enough people, you're going to hear back from some. And the worst yes. thing that's going to happen is you're going to be connecting to more people in the industries and companies and positions that you want anyway. But if you had one thing to do and you slow down on your applying and you just did that before, you're going to get some good traction that way. I mean, it's not always going to land an interview or a job, but it is time well spent because otherwise you're just competing against 200, 400, 800, a thousand yes. other applicants. If you can get a referral, you're at least going to get a, re a recruiter call and get yeah. somebody or multiple people potentially in your corner. And that's why, I mean, if you have an amazing LinkedIn profile and then you're messaging people, why wouldn't they want to reply to you? Right. You know, mm -hmm. regardless of how many connections or followers you have. Um, when you show up better on LinkedIn for whatever reason, it just great things happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. It's it. And that's so important for people when they, when they, uh, think about this because that, that LinkedIn profile is really their brand. And as their career progresses, that brand grows along with them. And I think you, you mentioned this before, being active on LinkedIn a little bit to whatever your time allows and, and, and building those networks really is key to this because that you've mentioned it many times as secondary connections, those people that you may know that may know somebody in those businesses is where really the gold is at. Oh, hundred percent. I have, I, I have 4.2 million second degree connections. Uh, and uh, that's because a lot of my connections have, you know, a good number of connections, but you know, I might, a client might say, Dave, do you know anybody that works at that small company? Well, the answer may be no, but it might be safe to say, to say, I at least know somebody that knows somebody. And that's yeah. so much closer. And that's why just, you know, not just connecting with people. A lot of people say, well, if they don't work in my industry or if they don't work at my company, I don't want to connect with them. Uh, I would, ex I would highly suggest that you change your uh, frame of mind regarding that because in our personal lives we don't only hang around with people mm -hmm. that do what we do or work at our company so again why not broaden that out a little bit just connect with people that like-minded or or whatever uh but uh it'll serve you well into the future by connecting to more and more people that's for sure that's for sure so what what do you think is the most fun that you have doing what you do? Um, I guess it's, you know, somebody applying for like eight months, getting no responses. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, with what I've been able to provide them, they're getting the phone to ring, right? Or getting that wow. email to schedule a call. And, uh, you know, for me, it's when, I, when I'm writing somebody's SMA, I can actually maybe see different things that they might be able to do. Or, you know, I tell people, oh. listen, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. 
it's time, isn't it time for maybe applying for those positions for the next level? And they're like, uh, maybe, I don't know if I could do that. Well, on paper you can. So why, why not? What's holding you back? And then sometimes some of those people will apply for those positions. Like Dave, I got it. And I'm like, well, give me 10% then, you know, right? <laughs> that's but, awesome though. But, but again, because look, a lot of times we're, you know, there, we're very prideful, you know, we're like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that job. It's like, well, you know, your boss's job, your, your boss's right-hand person. Uh, you've been doing this and this, you know, that uh, why not? Right. Yeah. You know, if you looked at a job description and like you could do it. So why not? Again, your resume should speak to what you've done, what you're doing and what you can do in the, in the future. And why not apply for those, you know, next positions? Yeah. Cause it, like you said, you're seeing something they may not see and, and uh, you can help along with that. Well, we've got a lot of comments in here. I'm going to drop a few of them here. We've got Ahmed. Thanks for stopping by today, Ahmed. And then, um, now it's not the talking about companies using AI. Yeah. They've, they've been doing this for a long time oh, very long with, time. with the ATSs and it's, it's just changing with AI some, but that's been something that's been a long time. And then there, there's some people talking about uh, AI and resume writing. We won't get into that, but LinkedIn is the new social security. Yeah, it is a must. That's for sure. Oh, yes. uh, you, you really got to be thinking about that and MD. Thanks. Thanks. And glad you're enjoying it today. And then, Casey, dropping by. Thanks so much. Um, now, this is another one from Constantinos. Uh, some good recruiters take their job seriously. And there there are. There are some good recruiters out there to care about what they do. And and you, you'll see them. You'll see them. You'll, and when you talk to them, you know. Um, I can still remember my the recruiter that got me a job because I've only used one he still talks to me once in a while and it, and I haven't worked for somebody else for 20 years, well, but uh, yeah, the successful ones, they're successful for a reason. So yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But the one thing is uh, Deanna says she interviewed a board of 10 people for three rounds. Oh my goodness. That's not, that's not an Why interview. 10? That's an interrogation. Why 10? Yeah. I guarantee like, <laughs> okay. The decision maker, how many decision makers are there? Was the janitor there too? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, how, how would you ever make a decision? Everybody just goes around and everybody shakes their head or one yes or no. And then they, they vote on the, on the wall or something. That's, that's pretty ridiculous. Now I have heard of some nonprofits that get a little bit, a little bit uh, out there with, with some of their hiring practices, but so, so uh, I don't, I'm not I don't, an expert. I don't, when I hear 10 people or I hear like eight interviews, I hear a yeah. lot of not trusting your, your teams. That's what I automatically hear is no yeah. trust. Good trust point. your people to hire. Oh my gosh. This, this might be a reason why not to go work for that company in and of itself. Uh, Empower your the, people to make a damn decision. How does it take 10 people to make a decision? Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh my God. But thanks so much for everyone for dropping your comments today and listening and, and, uh, so before we get off here, though, David, you're you're actually starting a new service. You started this just recently, doing some outplacement services for companies as well. What what kind of pulled you into that? Sure. So you know, for me, it was having a conversation with a company uh, seven or eight months ago, and um, I found out how much an outplacement service was costing them per person, and I'm like, huh? 
And then they go, oh, but they provide this and this and this and this. And I go, so let me ask you, why do, why are you having, you know, why do you need this outplacement? And they go, well, we want to, we want, you know, our brand to be, you know, great because yes, we're laying off people, but we care about them to provide them with, this as part of their severance package. And I, and I get it. Okay. And I go, but what do you want? Well, we want them to find the career that they want fast. And what do you think they want? Uh, they want a job quick. Okay. Um, so thinking of all these services yeah. that you're paying extra for, I go, what if you found somebody that provided them a great resume and cover letter, understood how to edit it in the future so they can edit it, explain them about LinkedIn. Most out, I'm going to say most outplacement services do a very poor job of sharing networking on LinkedIn and just very and various things regarding LinkedIn. Yeah. So that is a big piece. And then I go, well, what if that, what if that outplacement service stayed with them for like five months after this whole thing? And like every time they were going to apply for a job, we would look at our network on LinkedIn, see if we can make an introduction. Do you think you would need all these other services? And they're like, well, if it lands in the job, then no. And I'm like, well, what if we provided that a lot cheaper? So that seven month, that, that conversation seven months ago came to knock, knock, ring, ring. Um, okay, Dave, we want to, we, we're, we're doing this with you. We're doing it. So, so again, but I, I, you don't need to over deliver. So because these, <laughs> your employees want to feel good about getting a job quick. You want to, you know, keep your brand going as an employer that cares for their people, even when they exit the company. And I get it. So a lot of people don't need maybe career advice or more handholding or other um, like 10 other calls, maybe some interview prep. And we provide that as well, but they don't need all these other things. I mean, some of these companies are paying one, two, three thousand per employee when they could save a little bit more of that money. Maybe, yeah, you know, uh, on and spend it on whatever or give the person more yeah. separate. I don't care. Um, but a lot of outplacement services are just providing too much and they're doing it. They're providing too much to get more. And I get it. Uh, get more per head. But um, for me, it's about, you know, helping the helping the person knowing what it's like to get their job eliminated, especially on their honeymoon uh, yeah. and know that struggle. So that's why, uh, that's why we're doing this, uh, this outplacement now. That's and, awesome. Uh, and and, and we, we can't wait to get started here in about next week. So that's awesome. Well, David, thanks so much for being here today. If people want to reach out to you, David Alto on LinkedIn, that's how they should get a hold of you or go oh, to yes. Alto. And, and if yeah. they message me on LinkedIn, it's not my VA or some bot. It'll be me replying to you. Uh, so yeah, that's the best way is, you know, follow me. Um, I can still accept a few more connections before I there max out at 30,000. But yeah, just message me on LinkedIn and I'll, uh, I'll be happy to chat. Awesome. Well, David, thanks so much for being here today. I want to thank everyone that listened and and thanks for everyone in the chat. You really are hitting the chat hard. And Kosas, thanks for giving me the short version of your name. Uh, helps me a lot. 
and uh, we'll be back again later this week. Hang out, Dave, and we'll talk, wrap things up. All right. Bye, everybody.